Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Because being boss is hard. Letting work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable if you do the work. Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs from Emily Thompson and Kathleen Chan. Welcome to episode 11, Get Paid Like a Boss, brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. All right, so today's episode is all about getting paid like a boss. We are constantly being asked by our listeners and clients, just in general, how to get paid doing what you love. Like from the specifics of how should I set my finances and how should I invoice my clients to the more emotional side of getting paid, like feeling worthy of making bank doing what you love. And then also getting around the awkwardness of talking about money. Now, we talked a lot about money in episode number two, I think, which is um, what to do whenever you're freaking out about money. So definitely go back and listen to that one if you can't stop freaking out about money. But today's episode, we're just going to dig in a little bit deeper. So we've got our Being Boss Facebook group ripping and roaring with lots of conversation. (laughs) There's so much stuff going on there. I am constantly blown away by how like engaged everyone is. I'm so excited. So even a few bosses in Oklahoma City got together and posted a selfie of themselves hanging out, having a creative jam session. So it's really cool to see that online community going offline, and that's exactly what we wanted. So um, be sure to join our Facebook group if you haven't already. You can find the link to that in our show notes. But one of our um, boss listeners wrote this in our Facebook group. She said, hi, this morning I officially launched the spring program of my online course. And she is an Ayurvedic practitioner and nutritionist, and so it was like a holistic nutrition course. She said, this is the first time I've ever offered payment plans, and some of the students still owe me. I'm really uncomfortable with this. I will not do it this way next time. I will not allow fear to keep me from sticking to my principles, and I will make sure auto payments are set up. No invoicing. I'm wondering, though, if anyone has tips for now of getting that money from the students. Some are week, weeks late on payments and have not replied to my emails, but they're still showing up to class. Um, this, this listener, she got a lot of feedback in the Facebook group, lots of different ideas, and obviously she's learned from the experience. But Emily and I are constantly coaching clients who aren't getting paid, who are working for free, and they're just super uncomfortable talking about money and getting paid. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing that you have to do whenever it comes to getting paid is really getting in the mindset of a business person. So I know that we all started or want to be or have become creative entrepreneurs because we want to live what we love. We love being creative for a living, but I think many of us forget that for a living part. Um, So it's kind of like whenever you decide to become a creative entrepreneur, it's not just because you love, um, it's not just because you love your craft. It's because you want to be a business person and you want to work on your own terms, but you have to make money to pay the bills. So you're a business person now. Um, and whenever it comes to being boss, you have to get paid. (laughs) You do, you do. And, and we talked about this in episode two a little bit. Um, but I think it, this is, this is one of those things. Every time I talk about to someone about braids, letters for creatives, if they've been on the list for a long time, they always bring up your, your email on, um, on energy and being money or money money equals energy. And how I think, I think that's part of that mindset shift you have to make. You know, if you are giving away your goods for free, um, or if you're giving away your goods, yeah, if you're giving away your goods for free, then you're just giving your energy away for free. You're literally working for nothing. <laughs> and no one is doing this to work for nothing. Um, so I think if you can 
make yourself realize that that you're not getting paid the right compensation for the energy that you're expending for someone. It helps you sort of wrap your mind around the um, the idea of getting paid one or raising your prices two. I think it's just really confusing, and I've been there too, and I'm probably still there. We all have like our upper limit. We have our ceilings that we have to burst through whenever it comes to making money and leveling up and taking it to the next level as a business person. And I think that it comes down to feeling worthy and to and to feel like it's okay to love what you do and make a really good living for it. Um, so again, just go back to episode number two and listen to that because we do a lot of mindset stuff in that episode around money being energy. Um, but today we want to talk a little bit more about the tactics. Like, so how do you actually have these conversations with your clients? How do you let literally set up ways to accept payments and how do you invoice your clients and split that out? Um, so one of the things that we do at Braid, um, and my sister taught me this is to get comfortable talking about money and to talk about it early and often. Never leave your potential clients guessing how much you cost. And you can only do this if you know what you want to charge. So I know that a lot of creatives will sometimes charge a client based on what they think their client can afford, for better or worse. So if they think that their client has a ton of money, they might boost the prices a little bit. If they think or assume that their client doesn't have any money, they'll come down quite a bit. I'm a big fan of just charging one price. And so I've even said on air before, like, okay, so as of right now, which is um, March, 2015, we charge $6,000 for a braid method. And you could be a millionaire and we're going to charge you $6,000 or you could have $6,000 to your name and we want all of it if you hire us. So that's what it comes down to. And it, what it does is it takes the question out of, okay, how much should I charge this person? It takes the assumptions out of the conversation. And we can just say, this is what we charge. If you can't afford it, um, we have lots of free stuff. We have a podcast. We have uh, newsletters. We have blog posts that will serve you well. So I'm all about giving it all away for free free or giving a lot of our gifts of knowledge away for free. But whenever it comes to that one-on-one -on -one time and really getting the goods that we deliver, it's going to cost you. And this is exactly how much it's going to cost. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think another thing to think about whenever learning how to get paid like a boss is learning how to sell like a boss. I think that is a, is a really big one. Some people just don't have like the natural ability to sell themselves um, for what they're worth. So, um, you know, I've, I talked to, I talked to designers, especially are really bad about this, um, about, you know, doing a project for, or like, let's say a logo design project for like a hundred bucks or even less sometimes, which I, I think is, is okay if that's at the level that you're at, but you need to grow past that. And usually the missing piece of that is the ability to sell. Um, and because the idea of telling someone 1500 literally leaves you with like, a lump in your throat. <laughs> You're unable to say those words. Um, and one thing that I've done in my business is I invested in, uh, in learning how to sell because I was selling, um, I was selling my, my projects for, you know, I, at the time about 5,000, I guess. Um, and I knew that for me to make the kind of money that I wanted to make to survive, <laughs> I needed to, uh, sell a lot more. And either a lot more projects or charge a lot more for the projects that I did do. And so for me, learning something like um, like selling and making that like a routine in my business. So if I get a new contact, like it kicks in the sales routine that I do over and over again. For me, learning how to sell is huge. Which um, is going to be a whole another podcast coast yeah. and, or podcast episode. And Emily, <laughs> you um. You have a sales coach, and I, I think we're even going to try and bring her on as a guest, right? I hope so. so. I hope so. Her name is Kendrick Shope, um, and she does uh, she does group coaching, and she does some one-on-one -on -one coaching as well, and I've, I've done both. I did her sales coaching, and it 
changed how I got paid in my business and changed how confident I was in like asking for the money. Um, and what was like one big key takeaway that you learned from her that that resulted in getting paid more? Follow up, like like the importance of like learning how to follow up. Um, with people and whether that be trying people you're trying to sell in the beginning or people who owe you money in the middle. <laughs> so like learning how to write emails that don't come across as skeezy, but comes across as like, I am a human trying to get paid by another human, you, <laughs> who, you know, owes me something or is going to be trading energy for money. Um, so for me, learning how to um, learning how to do sales and really how to how to send really great follow-up emails. And I agree, we should do several, <laughs> I think, podcasts on I mean, sales and emails. I think that we're probably talking about money and selling and all of that stuff. We have yeah. many future episodes of Being Boss, so yeah. we'll, be, we'll be jamming <laughs> on that some more. Okay, so let's talk about a few tactics and to-dos. And so, like, right now is tax season. Have you done your taxes for the year yet, Emily? David, David has everything due to our accountant by the end of the month, so. <laughs> oh, you're cutting it so, close. We are, we are, I know. I He told me that the other day, and I wanted to be like, mm, should we talk about this? But I trust him. We have, um, one of the things that we've done to make sure that we get paid um, is to have much more of the financial side of our business more legit. Like, something about making the money side of your business as legitimate as like hiring an accountant makes you want to continuously follow up and like make sure that you're getting money from people who owe you. Um, it just sort of puts this whole energy around the money in your business that, that it makes you do the actions required to get paid. I've learned that like hiring an accountant is not nearly as expensive as you think it might be. And um, whenever I first started Braid, I actually hired a lawyer to draft up the partnership agreement between me and my sister, which was fairly easy because it was just 50-50 and she's my sister and I totally trust her. But um, I think that accountants know a whole lot about setting up your business, like whether or not you want to yeah. set up an LLC or an S-Corp, I think is another one, or a <laughs> DBA, which is doing business as. So Right now, Braid is an LLC, and I don't even really know what that means, but you can hire an accountant to help you set up your business if you haven't done that already, and they'll make you legitimate with the state that you live in, and it might be different if you're listening to this from another country. Um, it might be different in Canada or Australia or wherever you're listening from how that might work for you, but um, accountants know a lot I've learned whenever it comes to tax law and all of that. And our accountant helped us set up where we pay quarterly taxes. So we're not mm -hmm. hit at the end of the year with a big bill. Yeah, we do the same thing. And that's another really great thing about having an accountant is, um, is having someone to remind you to pay those things or to like pay them for you. I know when I am like hacking away at a web design project, the last thing that I am thinking about is my quarterly taxes. Okay, so taxes are an important thing. Like, you have to pay them. We're in our tax tax hell right now. It's not that oh. bad. I I feel so bad every time we get riled up about taxes. because You do get riled up. <laughs> I get, every year I get we've been friends, I have to have, like, a tax conversation with you. <laughs> I mean, okay, so this time last year, I was just going to put it out here. I had to pay $20,000 to the tax man, like, in Ooh. April because it was my... Yearly income taxes, we just didn't put enough in quarterly, and it just adds up. And then we had to turn around and pay our quarterly taxes, and I was like, what's the point of owning a business if I have to pay it all to the tax man? And yeah. my husband is very liberal, and he was like, Kathleen, you know, those taxes go to good places, and you you have to pay them. And he was like, you sound like a... A little libertarian <laughs> right now. I shouldn't get into politics because you know every everyone has different. Oh, we'll get emails. Feelings. I know. Don't do that. Yeah, maybe edit this out. Anyway, I do get riled up. Like I think that there should be more tax cuts yeah. for us little creative entrepreneurs just trying to make yeah. our way. 
Yeah, let, let's put that into the in a universe. So being boss is getting is getting big enough. Hopefully, maybe soon. Um, Obama. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> Or whoever is listening to this right now, um, as creative entrepreneurs are having a hard time. But I think that we should also bring that back to the point that we don't let taxes stop us or like the fear of how the financial side of business work um, keep us from like doing what we do, which I think is important. Like twenty thousand, I probably would have quit. Like if I'd got right. Well, but here's the deal: is that you know spread out over quarterlies. It's really not that bad. It is. It is a lot, but you just have to adjust for it and save for it just like anything else. So that's another thing actually that I want to talk about that is a good habit and routine for creative entrepreneurs is always paying yourself first. And so we always make our taxes or else we'd wind up in jail, right? Um, so we pay taxes. We don't want to be audited, but then there's also saving money for yourself and your personal finances. And then maybe even investing in a 401k, which is, I know the last thing a lot of my creative entrepreneur friends are thinking about. And a lot of creatives I know, like they want to work a day job because of the benefits. Well, you can create your own benefits and maybe this is an entire other podcast episode, but I just... Um, a lot of my clients that I work with, they feel broke and it's because they're literally not moving money from their business account to their personal account. And so one of the things that we do at Braid Creative is Tara writes us a paycheck every two weeks. You know, she's paying our employees and she's paying us and we make the same amount every time. And, um, you know, when we first started Braid, I was in charge of the finances and like one week we would get like a huge paycheck, like $6,000 paycheck. And then the next week it was like, okay, I can only afford to pay us $50 this time. (laughs) So Tara took over the finances and was um, able to really see how much made sense to pay. So we get paid the same amount. So it feels like I'm getting paid a salary and we're automatically putting money into savings so that we can pay those quarterly taxes without feeling like it's coming out of our personal bank account. So make sure that you're actually paying yourself and that you're moving money from your business account to your personal account, which getting paid like a boss doesn't matter if you're not paying yourself like a boss, which like (laughs) along with hiring an accountant, you'll probably want to set up a business checking account. That's a good thing to do just so that everything's like clean and separate and you can reconcile a little more easily. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I mean, I have I have ran multiple businesses in my life, <laughs> and luckily, um, luckily for me, like that was always one of the things that just happened. Like even that tanning salon. Remember when I was right? Like, your tanning salon. One? Yeah, that. Um, even that had its like I was eighteen and I had my own banking account for that. Um, so it always really freaks me out whenever whenever. I talk to a business owner and especially if it's like a business owner who's been in business for a while who hasn't separated those expenses yet. Like that's one of those, like being a boss 101, separate your business accounts. That way, whenever it does come to getting paid, you're not, you're not swashling it around and freaking out the IRS. (laughs) And so this is another thing too, is that I know a lot of business owners like to work in trade or in cash so that they Mm. don't have to, pay taxes on that money, which like I totally get. I remember like this time last year, I was wanting to, you know, move into the mountains and get off the grid and never pay the tax man ever again. (laughs) But, um, it's just the cost of business and you have to do it. And I think that whenever you track your finances, like you open yourself up energetically here, I'm going to get a little woo woo, but I think you open yourself up to making more. Yes. And so, um, yeah, track your money. Yeah, I, I agree with that one a ton. That's something, okay, I do that in the studio. So um, for for years, and I have the papers to prove it, every time money comes in, like we, I get it via email uh, or I get a notification in email that I've you know been paid for something because we do everything um, or as much as possible online um, because it's good to like see your money that way as a business owner. Um, so every time I get an email in, I get out my little like income tracker and I write it down. Um, and it's this is not an official tracking thing. Like David does the official side of it, but this is for me. And I think that um, that tracking that money it helps me see when um, like when someone should be paying me. It really allows me to stay on top 
of of money coming in and out of um of the studio and that's just that's another one of those like being boss one yeah. <laughs> yeah is track the money that comes in um and even if it's a check or a cash or whatever like write it down see where it's coming from if you have payment plans like map it out like know when you should be following up with someone um if they're late or at least getting getting close to time you have to invoice them um tracking that money that comes in is so important for making money and having it come in. Okay, so we do it two ways here at Braid. And so we use FreshBooks, but then for tracking our income and expenses. And then I think that Tara also keeps like just a little text file on her computer that shows how much we've been paying ourselves, how much we've been paying to taxes, how much we've been paying our employees, just to keep like a little quick sheet sheet on it. Right. Um, but fresh books, this is a good time to talk about them. <laughs> so, um, Emily and I were talking about how to monetize this podcast and we were feeling, so this is, could be a whole nother episode, monetizing your blog or your podcast. Yeah. And I was like, how do you feel about sponsors? And she was like, Emily, who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> what was I like, Kathleen? <laughs> Here's what you were like. You were like, okay, but it's going to have to be a damn good partnership. Like, I'm yeah. just not going to sell out to anyone. And so I was like, yeah, maybe if it was like Adobe Business Catalyst, which is what you build websites in and what mm-hmm. I have, um, what you've built my website in, or right. even someone like FreshBooks, and I said that, yeah. um, would be perfect because it's someone that we actually believe in and use. Yes. And so funny enough, talk about manifesting, FreshBooks emailed us and they were like, hey, we've been listening to your podcast. Have you guys thought about sponsorships? We were like, yeah, let's talk. So we talked. <laughs> so FreshBooks is now a sponsor. Here's the thing. <laughs> do this okay i know i know we all right cut that out okay so (laughs) freshbooks is now a sponsor and freshbooks is the easy to use invoicing software designed to help creative entrepreneurs get organized save time invoicing and get paid faster now that's like the official thing that i have to say but but really kind of off the record which is on the record i think of freshbooks as my personal accountant um freshbooks is something that I use and love. And I first started using FreshBooks about four years ago whenever I was still only freelancing as a solopreneur. And I remember I tried up for their, I signed up for their free trial and I think I got three clients. Like you could have three clients in the free trial. And so I kept on deleting old clients (laughs) and creating new ones because I didn't want to pay like the 20 bucks a month. (laughs) Yep, I did that. (laughs) But I knew that I needed to track my income, and I knew that I needed to track my expenses, and that's, like, all I knew. And I looked at different accounting software, but FreshBooks really felt the most intuitive and the easiest. Um, We've continued using FreshBooks at Braid, and as our business grows, I realize how actually legit and robust FreshBooks as software is. Um, And it continues to accommodate our needs as we grow. So right now we really use FreshBooks to track our income and track our expenses. We use it to invoice our clients and we've just started using it to collect and process our payments. Um, One of the things that my sister loves the most about FreshBooks is looking at their little dashboard. So every time, and she'll even like catch me up and say, okay, Kathleen, come look at this. Um, here's where we're at money wise. And I've gone way over the obligated 60 seconds. And that's because like <laughs> I actually use fresh books to track. So this is legit me telling you how we use this to get paid in our business. Anyway, fresh books is sponsoring us for at least the next two months. So I'll be sharing with you guys more details on how fresh books works and how you can use fresh books to level up your business. Same here. Um, I do. I use it too. You use it a little differently, though, right? We I mean, do. Do you use it to yeah. track time? Well, well, we do it for contract people. Oh, right. So, like, all right, we'll people. save that. We'll so, talk about yeah, it next time. Yeah, we will. Time. We're saving it. <laughs> we got more stories, guys. We got more to talk about. <laughs> so, okay, you guys can try FreshBooks for free today. You get a free trial if you go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss into the how did you hear about us section. 
and they'll give you a free trial and you can delete your three clients <laughs> if you want to keep doing it for free. But I think it's totally worth the monthly expense to really feel legit as a business. All right. So back to everything else, though, we'll still be talking about how we use FreshBooks <laughs> to track our finances because that's what this episode is all about. So let's talk about a few more like how we do it tactics, right? Yes. And so like one of the things that I want to hear about is like how you do fee structures and invoicing. Like this is something creators are always talking about. Yeah. Like do you t- accept a deposit or, you know, how do you get paid? So let's talk about that. Sure. I, I would love to talk about that. <laughs> that is something I, that I, uh, that I preach to my clients constantly, but in a good way and they hear me and, and it works and it correct. So one of the things that I think is most important whenever, uh, whenever being a creative entrepreneur and your, your livelihood depending on this thing that you do, um, every day, mostly alone is to break up your, your payments into some sort of sustainable income. So one of the things that we've done is taking big, big web design projects and, and divide them into like monthly, monthly payments, things like that. The more that you can sort of stretch that income out, um, I think the better <laughs> in a okay, lot of so cases. Do you invoice every month or do you get their credit card on file and just run the payment? How do you do it? Both. The more, uh, the more a creative entrepreneur can use auto debiting, I think the better. It takes out so much management. If you want to get into like the importance of having a website that does this stuff for you, this is it because an auto debiting system will save you so much time and money. So the way we structure our indie boom project, you make a first payment and then it's set up so that once your project starts, you're billed on the first of every month of your project for, you know, the next five because it's a six month deal. Um, and as a business owner, like it's great for my clients because they know they're going to have this uh, this payment every time, and it's smaller chunks. Um, as a business, as someone who's running it, that means I know how much money I'm going to make for the next six months, and that is a rare and beautiful thing <laughs> when you're a creator. Okay, can I play devil's advocate here? Yes. All right. So I like the idea if you have a six month engagement of breaking up the payment over six months, because I think it kind of almost allows you to, um, if for some reason you need to get out of the contract, you still got paid for the work done. Yes. But at the same time, like, let's say it's a project and you're waiting until the end to get, you know, a bulk of your money. Right essentially you are bankrolling your client. You are. And so I wonder, Emily, if you've ever thought about, so it's over six months and you can, they can pay, let's just say a thousand dollars a month. I know that you're more expensive than that, but just for the sake of ease. Right. Math. But if you're going to like break it out for them, you know, and like bankroll them, like what if it's $1,100 if they pay monthly or they get a discount if they pay all up front? Like, have you thought about doing that? What do you, or what do you think about that? I, I think it's a great model. I, there's nothing wrong with getting paid up front ever. Like if you can ever like ever get that all paid up front, I think that's, that's really important. But I think the trick is to never have you bankrolling a project. That's where, that's where creatives sort of end up stabbing themselves in the foot is, is if you find yourself in a position where, where you are bankrolling and something goes wrong. Um, I talk to, especially like web designers and graphic designers, they tend to have the worst time with this is, um, is they, it's usually 50, 50 payment plans because that's like industry norm and they get paid half to start. And then something happens like towards the end of a project and they never get that last payment. And they just worked for three weeks for free. Right. And so I've heard before, like web designers who have built out the entire site and then the client changes their mind, like about their whole business. They're like, Oh, I'm yeah. not, not going to do that business anymore. So I don't need this website. Okay. Just because a client has changed their mind, it doesn't mean that you right. didn't do the work. So you still deserve that money for the work that you did. You do. And, and I think the trick here, I think the trick with something like that is setting up expectations like super clearly yes. in the beginning before anything, which, which really when it comes to getting paid, when it comes to like living a happy business, <laughs> it's all about setting expectations and being so clear about what you expect from the people that you work with, um, that there can be no question. Amen. <laughs> 
Oh. Amen. Okay, Amen. so can I talk about expectations and contracts and stuff for a second? Absolutely. Go for it. I just had a conversation with one of my clients about setting up contracts yesterday because she's wanting to just feel more boss in her business and make it legit and finds herself working for free under the guise of like calling it an internship and wanting experience. Anyway, I told her, you need to write a contract. Like write what a standard contract would be. And again, I think this comes to um, making clear expectations. So one of the things that I've done is whenever I first started Braid, I had this super legal contract. In fact, one of our first clients was a lawyer. He looked like, um, who's the guy from Annie? Like the daddy, daddy Warbucks, daddy Warbucks. (laughs) He looked like daddy Warbucks and he, made me cry on the phone just in the contract phase where I was like, okay, let me send over a contract. I think I had downloaded it from like a, a website made for creatives. Like it was a creative contract, but it was still legal enough, but he was a lawyer. So he just ripped it apart. (sighs) He made me cry and he's like, I'm going to do you a favor and fix your contract for you. So he actually really did make it legit, like really tight contract. So I was using that for the next year, and one day I looked at it, and I think I had just worked with another web developer who was developing out a site for one of our clients, and I read her contract, and it was just super plain speak. And she even explained at the beginning of her contract, she was like, listen, I make this plain speak because I don't plan on going to court with you. This is literally in her contract. So really, I want you to be able to use this contract to understand what you're paying me for, what I'm providing you with, how much it's going to cost, and what the timeline is. And I was like, holy shit, that is awesome. So I decided to do that with my contract. So I just kind of deleted everything and instead um, wrote it from scratch by saying, okay, here's what you are hiring us for. You are hiring us for branding and business visioning. What that includes is your logo, your positioning statement, some sales slides, about me copy, how to hire me copy, your process defined, you know, and then, um, and it's designed out and, you know, so explaining exactly what they get. And then I say, okay, here's the timeline. We're going to have our first meeting on this date at this time. We're going to have our second meeting on this date at this time. You will pay me this much money and here's when you can expect to pay me and I put the dates on the contract um so just super plain speak I outline the roles like I'm going to be designing your project and facilitating the conversation Tara and Liz will be writing your project and they'll be in on the meetings too and so just really getting say what you mean outline of, okay, here's how it's going to go down. And it not only makes it clear for your client, it makes it clear for you so that lines are never blurred. You're never like, wait, now what am I doing? Or if there's scope (laughs) creep, which especially happens in web projects. I'm sure that you've experienced that, Emily, where (laughs) you get, (laughs) right? And so um, I know that that's even why you started Indie Boom, so that you Mm -hmm. can really outline the scope of the project from start to finish. Here's what you get. Yeah. Um, yeah I, well, and it, it's all about just clear expectations. Like the longer I'm in this business and like when it comes to dealing with people and whether that's clients who you should be paying you or if it's, you know, business partners or vendors or contractors that you're working with, um, if you want to get paid or pay others, <laughs> which is ideal as well, um, it's all about setting those clear expectations. Um, so one of the things that, that we do for Indie Boom, and like I begin this in those sell slides that, that I've talked about a couple of times, is um, they set very clear expectations of, you know, Indie Boom is six months. It includes these things. Um, it is this much a month and it will be paid on these days. And you really do have to really plain speak too, I think. Outline it so that people know exactly what they're getting. You know exactly what you're doing for them to get it. And it's and like as much as you can get it into bullet points, Yeah. Oh, I, yes. Make it scannable. I mean, they should be reading it, but you can't scan a contract. No. I mean, like, oh, I, we have a contract and we do it, but ours is both. So the way we're doing our indie booms, um, the, the contracts for that is we have a plain speak first page that's like, here are the things that you're getting. 
And then, and then there's the contract piece. So like, if anyone does ever come after you, um, which I got, I hope never happens. Um, I would love to take my contract to court. And it's like, yeah. one of my contracts even says, treat this meeting like a date with Ryan Gosling. Like you've got to show up. Don't cancel. Yeah. And I would, I can just imagine a judge reading that in court and being like, <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? I know. Daddy Warbucks making me cry again. <laughs> I know. It's because you put Ryan Gosling in it. Um, so no, I think I think that it's just clear expectations. Like if you want to get paid, um, it's about telling people exactly how and when to pay you, and then you doing the work that that makes them want to pay you. Because I think that's key too. I also like what you said about taking the contract and. Um, we do sales slides too, and that's what we create for our clients even, our sales slides. Mm -hmm. And like using the structure of how you, like what you do to get paid, yeah. and then using it as a tool to sell by just simply explaining it. Yeah, that's Does all that it makes is. makes sense? Like, yes. But I think that so many creative entrepreneurs are confused about what it is that they do, and that's what creates confusion in their customer, and that's yeah. why customers don't buy. Right. It is. Well, and I think so, I think that's just the journey. <laughs> like, like, we can really just get, like, a little little crazy on it. I think that's just the journey. I think you start you start with this idea of what you want to do, and once you sell it a couple of times and do it, um, you start tweaking it and perfecting it until you, you create this offering um, that really kind of sells itself because you know what you're selling. There's clarity around what you're selling, who you're selling it to, um, why they care, because <laughs> that's a that's a big thing. Like, why do they care that you're selling this thing? And how is it going to benefit them? Because that's just, that right there is like the anatomy of sales. Like, Kendrick would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> um, but but as you grow, you find clarity in those, in those pieces of the puzzle. And once you find the clarity, then you can set expectations um, around those, like, clear points and bullet points. Like, Good sales comes in bullet points. And I think that having something to sell and packaging your offering in a way that mm -hmm. people can buy it is what makes you sound self-employed versus unemployed. So it's yeah. not saying I will do anything, for, I can do anything and I will do anything to get paid because yep. that's not what bosses do. No, I bosses don't do that. say <laughs> Exactly. Like bosses say, here's what I can offer, here's what I'm best at, and here's how much it costs. Yes. It's really as easy as that. Um, so if right now you offer a few different things in your business, like let's say you offer um, interior design, like create a package around it. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have the living room package or, you know, it can be fun. And also I would be curious to hear what your sales coach has to say about this, but having tiered offerings. So having yeah. more than one thing that people can buy and having something at like a high price point, a mid price point and a low price point. Yeah. Um, I pretty much have my braid method, which is probably right. the high price point. And then creative coaching, which is actually really the same price point. It's just a shortened engagement, so it doesn't mm -hmm. cost as much. And then free. Or no, I yeah. guess not free because I have the e-courses and digital you products do. that are super cheap compared to our one-on-one -on -one stuff. Yeah. So, And I think that you have tiered stuff too, Emily. Like your Indie Boom is like it's a premium. <laughs> it's premium. Right. And then coaching. And then you have... Um, your digital products too. I do. Well, so well, that's just called like a sales funnel. It's 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 funneling people. Have you heard oh, about this? See, no, see, I don't even know oh, how this stuff you're works. You're cute. Okay, so yeah, so that's <laughs> called. You're funny, and I didn't even learn this from my sales coach. I already knew this. So, um, so it's called a sales funnel, and the idea of like you know funneling people into your like premier service or your high price service. So you start with, with something low price, which for you, it's your DIY coaching, mm -hmm. um, which yours is $40 at the moment for mm -hmm. six weeks of emails. I have something similar. Um, and it's how much is yours? 39. 39. I'm underselling you. Oh, damn. <laughs> Buy a dollar. Do you think I should make mine $39? You want to? Maybe $39.99. Uh, you guys are getting like some good <laughs> Kathleen Emily behind the scenes. This is how she yeah. this is how she consults me. It is, it is. So okay, regardless. Okay, regardless. Regardless, you have the sales funnel. And so you start with a, a low price item that people can buy into easily. So sell like really great, like 
tier one sales funnel is things like an ebook, like a, a quick, cheap buy-in. Or an would it e-book. even be like free, like the free thing, like a newsletter? Oh, yeah, that could that could really be like would your be the bottom really, of the sales like, funnel. Top. I guess that'd be the top. top or the top. Sales. Oh, right. Because yeah. if you imagine a funnel. Yes, it goes down. So right. the top, the big one is your free content. Like that's what's drawing people in. And then you have like your your really cheap engagements or your inexpensive, excuse me, inexpensive engagements, um, which is something like an automated service. So our e-courses, people buy that. We don't do anything. It's all automated. Um, or an e-book that goes out digitally or um, I don't know, maybe like those one-off e-courses where it's just like take yourself through things. Um, so sales funnel number one, or I guess two, if you count the free stuff. And then you have your higher engagement. So that may be group coaching, or it may be like a one-on-one co- consultation, like a one-off sort of thing. So something that's, I don't know, maybe two, three hundred bucks, maybe a little bit more somewhere that's a little little more mid-priced. Um, and then you just like, you bring your funnel in from there. And the idea is that you're going to capture a lot of people. And it's going to funnel down to just the few who will buy into your really expensive engagement um, or your more expensive engagement. So for you guys, that's the brain method. And that's exactly how, how it happens. People come in because of your blog and they buy into an e-course and then maybe they get DIY coaching. Okay, this is all coming together for me because you told Good. me on my e-courses, I remember one day um, my sister ran the numbers and our e-courses only made up a certain percentage of our budget, like a small yeah. percentage or of our income. Right. And, um, I was really embarrassed because it's where I spend a lot of my time and energy is in promoting right. those. And you, Emily, you were like, okay, you need to set up your emails so that it yeah. invites people to engage now with the stuff that is your bread and butter and really yes. makes you money. And so I changed my emails after someone takes our e-course I then invite them if they want to learn more about working together one-on-one, and we have captured a few people. Yeah. I like saying captured. Like I'm You captured them. them. But not you really. But like they, they took our e-course, and they're like, okay, you guys would be a great fit. I want more. Right. I want to work one-on-one. Um, and it's really cool whenever they work with us after taking our e-course because we already speak the same language, and they already understand yep. our philosophy. So that's a great way for our listeners. Like if you want people to – if you want to get some dream customers – yeah. Like, let them... like Let them funnel through. They, yeah, funnel through. And, and it's really not <laughs> like... Um, I don't know. I guess now when I hear the word, like, sales funnel, it sounds so uh-huh. businessy. But it's really it not. It's really about... It's really smart. Kind of like last week we were talking about personal branding and your personal brand being the outer layer. It's like a sales funnel is like the outer layer of how you sell. Yeah. And that's with your gifts of knowledge and yep. then bringing them in. I yeah. like it. Good. I mean, honey, I've been like buttering you guys up for years. I know. I'm just <laughs> I like it. Butter us up and throw us in the oven. Yeah, yeah. So so that's what it does. I think I think that if you want to make it really easy for people to sell, you have to start proving yourself like little bits at a time. And so that's, you know, doing something free like a blog or a newsletter and like gaining that trust. And it's like constantly gaining enough trust to launch something that's a little more expensive until someday you have one-on-one engagements, or you have, you know, group offerings that reaches 10,000 people or something crazy like that. You just, you have to start your sales funnel and people start filtering, filtering themselves through. And I think that's a really great point to make about the dream customers, because as people will go through your sales, uh, your sales funnel, they'll become more and more aware of who you are and whether or not you're exactly the kind of person they want to work with. Um, and so the people that you end up with those, you know, more expensive or high price one-on-one engagements are the people who are really there because they trust you. And those engagements are the absolute dreamiest. Yeah. So if you do it right, it's all so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and you get paid and they're and happy you to pay paid. it they want to pay you yes so this is another thing i think i brought it up in episode number two but the professional thing to do is to let your clients know how much you cost yes and it they want to pay you and so if you're awkward about money it's only going to make them feel awkward about paying you so yeah. just keep it really neutral Money is only as weird as you make it. Just get really comfortable talking about it. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it is about getting getting comfortable talking about it. One of, uh, well, and I think I may have mentioned this in the last episode, maybe not, but to my sales coach, one of the things that she always says is that um, I lost my thought. What does she always say? 
getting oh she she always says that you should never assume anyone else's stand on money so the idea that if someone comes to you you were talking earlier about um about pricing someone like based on who you think they are yeah like you don't know who they are you have no idea who they are and you have no idea the money situation or their access to money is simply what you think and so i think that's another big thing um a big lesson for for getting paid is don't think you know anyone's money situation (laughs) yeah and people are far more happy to pay for things that they know is an investment in their time and money i mean i know for me i love I love spending money on things that I know are going to make me a better business person or, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Find clarity. Sell yourself. Get paid. Ask just like it. this is maybe, maybe this episode is just the permission that you need to feel good about money and to feel good about asking for money and, um, if you have an awkward conversation or if you're in the middle of, and it doesn't have to be this like angry, defensive, like pay me kind of thing. It's just a, okay, and now this costs this. Yeah. It's just a part of it. It's just a part of business is you have to talk money and you have to pay money and you have to ask for money. Like just write an email, write, write a neutral email and ask for what you're owed. Um, what do you think is a good way to practice talking about money? Like, do you think it's good to practice talking about money with your creative entrepreneur friends or like yeah. even with your spouse or your it is partner? anyone, anyone. I, I make my clients talk to me. So I do like uh, coaching for creatives. We both do. Um, but part of part of my like get your business shit together is you're going to talk about money. I'm going to make you. And so I'll ask them, you know, how much money do you make last year and how much money do you want to make this year and how much does an engagement cost? And I can always tell like how hard I'm going to have to work with someone around money depending on how easily they answer those questions. Um, but it is it's just about finding someone and maybe it's a coach. Like maybe you need a coach to help you like force you to talk about money or maybe it is about finding like a creative colleague who you can mm-hmm. sort of discuss, you know, in grand camaraderie about money or whatever that may be. Um, find someone. And it's even it. like the way that we were just talking about our products, how mine is $40 and yours is 39 and just talking about it. Yeah. Like, okay, wait, should mine be... 39 or even um, because we do both offer coaching for creatives and launching being boss together. I think that you, your engagement is a little bit different than mine, but they're similar in cost. And so I was like, maybe I need to raise my prices to match (laughs) yours just so that it's like even Steven and people aren't hiring us based on who costs more or less, but they're really hiring us based on who's the better fit for what they need. So it's just funny. Talk about it. Just talk about money. Talk about it. And again, I think that especially women need to talk about money. Can we talk about this for a second? Because I think it might be a little bit of a feminist issue. Because, like, would you ever hear a couple of guys having a podcast about, like, you know, it's not awkward. Money is only as weird as you make it. Like, I've never heard a dude entrepreneur feel uncomfortable saying, okay, this is how much it costs for web development. Oh, I, I think on the business side of things, yes. Well, and oh, book, book, Business Brilliant by Lewis Schiff is one of my favorite, favorite. Is it that book? It, that is a good book. Now I think it might have been Essentialism <laughs> by like George McCown or something. I will let you know which book it is. Um, both of those are really great books. Um, but one of them talks about how the reason why there is a, uh, or one of the reasons, do not attack me for saying this, but one of the reasons that women get paid less is because women, a lot of women don't ask for less or they don't ask for more is, is the issue there is that men ask for raises every year and women if they do, they're asking for less than a man than a man would. So, like, that's just like a whole psyche thing. But on the on the idea of a couple of guys getting together to talk about money, I don't think I've ever seen any of them outside of business. Like, think about that. You ever seen just a bunch of dudes like sitting around like talking about money like you and I do? I mean, I don't have a lot of guy friends. But... <laughs> Well, I do, and I don't think I've ever... They don't? They don't talk about money? No. I think it's, like, I think it's an epidemic thing. I think it might also, so maybe if it's not just, like, a feminist issue, but maybe it is, like, an industry issue, and creatives in general, guys and gals, aren't talking enough about money, so... Maybe that's what needs to happen, too. Yeah, creatives, talk about money. 
Like, let's all be paid and, like, there's this big thing right now. I was listening to Inc. podcast this morning, um, and they were talking about how every day 200,000 women start businesses. Whoa. Like... Pause that, guys. Emily here for an edit. That's supposed to be 200000 a month. Is that just in the States or across the world? or? Um, I don't know. I guess I should know that stat better if I'm going to say it out loud. But they should have, too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just the idea that, like, there are so many people doing this. We're making a massive impact in our economy. A massive impact. Like, entrepreneurship right now is like one of the biggest growing sector if not the biggest i don't know i need to get i'm not going to do stats anymore regardless it's huge but it all comes from being comfortable talking about money because we're not going to make the impact that we want on our lives or any sort of grander economy if we don't get comfortable talking about it now and i think it's remembering that the more money you make the more good you can do with your work the more yes. reach you will have and the more impact you will have so yes. It's not a there bad are, thing. There are upsides to making yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> or not even making a lot of money, just getting paid what you should be getting. Making paid. enough money. I mean, I think that, Emily, if you and I weren't making enough money to feel comfortable, we would have a hard time doing this podcast. Yes. Because we would be too busy hustling. We wouldn't right. have time to devote to a passion project like this. Right. So, yeah, it allows you to do asking what you want. To get paid um, allows you to do greater things. I mean, it's it's a good thing for everyone, even if it's a hard email you have to write. Um, get paid. Be or okay just with getting paid. Looking at your numbers, and again, there are tools for getting your numbers on paper. Um, so use those. Use those things to your advantage, whether it's a text file or yeah. <laughs> your notebook like Emily's got or FreshBooks yeah. or whatever kind of accounting software you want to use. Like, mm -hmm. get crunch those numbers. And again, listen to episode number two. We'll be sure to include a link to that one in the show notes, and we'll include links to all the other stuff in the show notes. I think that we're running out of time. Yeah. But um, we'll see you on Friday for our mini-sode. I hope that you guys have been enjoying those. And thank you for listening to Being Boss from Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Find our show notes for this episode at lovebeingboss.com, listen to past episodes, and subscribe to new episodes on our website, at iTunes, on SoundCloud, and now we're on Stitcher. If you like our podcast, show us some love by reviewing Being Boss on any of those platforms and share it with a friend. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. Sorry, I thought someone was like breaking into my house. I thought I was about to get murdered on air. <laughs> Oh my god. That would be horrible. Are you okay? It was just a mailman. Okay. <laughs>